everybody it is sunday september 1st this is the first episode of the hut one type 2 podcast i'm hunter yates and this is cody day what's up cody hey what's up so we're a brand new podcast if you're listening to us and hearing this appreciate it you're one of our four fans and we're talking about college football we're talking about the nfl um we're making fun of people we're not going to Paint everything with rose-colored lenses. What else? Hit us with a follow and we'll send you a t-shirt from Hunter's Closet. Yes, I'll send you a 3X t-shirt that is getting close to not fitting, which is sad. Um, yeah, so we had our first day of college football yesterday. Um, we have NFL starting in Football's one week. Back. Football is back. It's been a um, dramatic first week. I mean, just some absolute nonsense week one of college football. Like, I forget how the crazy comes out of people when college football comes around. And But real quick, so we had our first live stream on Thursday for the Clemson-Georgia Tech game. Um, if you watched that, appreciate it. We had actually had a really good, solid turnout for people watching. Um, yeah. Thanks to Facebook Live for giving us some solid metrics on how we did there. Uh, how do you, how'd you, how'd you think the first live stream went? Uh, pretty good feedback. A little bit of conversation for what we were going for. Some of our, uh, idiot friends popping in there. Yep. But, I mean, that's expected. Yeah. Just, we're going to get off on some tangents and things like that. Um, and that's going to be normal. So, no big deal. The, uh, first live stream went well. We are going to keep doing those guys. Obviously, the big game to start the season all with Clemson, Georgia Tech. We are Clemson fans. We do live in South Carolina. We aren't going to exclusively stream Clemson games. We aren't going to exclusively stream South Carolina games. We are going to mix that up. We don't. We want people from outside of the state and other fan groups and other colleges to come watch our podcast and feel included. So yeah, so college football started, got kicked off with technically week zero is what they called it. With the Florida Gators, Miami Hurricanes, this game was hilarious. Um, a lot of bad play. Florida, who realistically should be the, let's say, third best team in the SEC, looked very bad um, against a Miami team who looked worse. Um, pure ACC coming out there. You got a three-year starter at Florida like at his first time playing. Yeah, I don't know what's up with old Felipe. Um, he's one of those guys that when you hear him speak, you weren't expecting him to talk the way he does. I'm not trying to make fun of anyone and how they talk. Patrick Mahomes. Um, he kind of sounds more like Randy Moss. Like, have you ever heard Randy Moss speak before? Yeah, and then you, and country. You, yeah, like you see Randy Moss, he's, you know, this tough-looking guy, and he talks like he's, well, he is from Backwoods, West Virginia. Um, I'm not sure where Felipe Franks is from, but he just comes off with a very weird, anyway, not trying to bash Felipe Franks. Um, yeah, that game was awful. Florida cannot tackle if their life depended on it. 
And Miami's got the cringiest sideline celebrations. Yeah, I I hate Miami. Like I, <laughs> they're going back to tug ball, goon ball. What do you want to call it? Well, here here's the thing, and we and I talked about this with a friend of mine earlier. Miami, in the the O one team and the you know the teams from the eighties and nineties, those guys were dominant on the field, and then that swagger, if swagger was a thing back then, that swagger overflowed to their off the field personas. That's how it used to be. They didn't have to push it. Correct. They didn't have to push it or try to get over. If you're a wrestling fan, you know, getting over means just getting, you know, the crowd behind you. But now it's like, hey, let's make this off-field persona and this off-field swagger and then let it overflow onto the infield play. And that just doesn't work. Cody, you played college football. You know, have you ever heard of that working successfully ever? Well... Talking about a guy that went to a Southern Baptist school, basically, we weren't allowed to have anything swagger wise. So yeah, but like I think if you look at um, you know the former coach of Coastal Carolina, he had the infamous video. He's like, yeah, we don't dog. need yeah, we need more dogs. We don't need no cats. And what he was getting at was in a very very strange viral way is we don't need these players with their wristbands and their Under Armour sleeves and all of that. Focus in on that first, hoping that that overflows under their on-the-field play. It all depends on the coach. Like, man, he's a young coach or anything, so that's how he's letting them relate in some way and it's but you, boosting but, them. But you got to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the end of the, end of the day, what you got to do. Like, that's like when um, the coach I had, Charleston Southern, once he left and they got a new coach, he threw that stuff away let them wear, you know, the gear they wanted to wear. And kind of, um, he approached the whole thing differently. And they, I mean, they win two Big South championships. Yeah, and so I think sometimes it can, um, you know, work that way. Sometimes you need something new to spark the team. But also, it's like in Miami's case, like, they're trying way too hard. and Spending a lot of money. I mean, yeah. Touchdown on, rings, that was a little ridiculous. Yeah, touchdown rings. That guy was celebrating when the, after the kickoff went on and Florida had the ball. He was still over there taking pictures. Yeah, and that kind of stuff, like, I think it's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But if you think that's going to translate into on-the-field success, I think it's marginal at best. Bama doesn't do it. Clemson doesn't do it. And let's talk about, so let's talk about Florida real quick. When are they just going to let Spurrier coach? Can we get Steve Spurrier back? Like, I don't want anything more in life right now than to have Steve Spurrier back on the sideline. Spurrier I, just wants to golf. Yeah, Spurrier wants to golf and crush natural lights and watch that. Six place rings. And yeah, and and coach the next up and coming football league. He got rings to the Apollos, didn't he? He did get a. <laughs> Technically, they were number one. They technically they were the number one team in the AAF. Pour one out. But uh, uh, what a great what four weeks that was. That was great. I don't think I appreciated Spurrier because when he was coaching at South Carolina, with me being a Clemson fan, I don't think I could appreciate what a character he was. I was just so focused on beating South Carolina yeah. that I don't think I could appreciate. But now that I kind of have like the separation, I love Steve Spurrier. Remember when Slurrier became a thing at that UCF game, bro? <laughs> I I just need him coaching football again, or just let him... Just let him sit in the booth and just keep checking him every now and then. Well, that that clip of him when, when Felipe threw the interception, they cut to Spurrier, and Spurrier looked like you just told him his dog had died. You've never seen a more disappointed guy in your life. Um, 
I need Steve Spurrier back on the sideline. Here's the thing. I got to have an idea. He doesn't even have to coach. Let him be a color analyst. Well, no, just let him be um, the reaction guy. Let any time the referee does something that the head coach is upset about, let Spurrier do the reaction. And then have a guy that makes gifts of whatever face he's making. Yes, yes. There needs to be Florida. An need... endless supply of Steve Spurrier reaction gifts. Yes. Somebody I, make that an app. Florida, I need your media department to get on that and have a dedicated gift maker for Spurrier's reactions. But I need that back. Trademark pending. Yeah, that that's college football is better with Steve Spurrier in it. I think we can all agree that, unless you're a Gamecocks fan. Okay, so going on to the first real big game of week one, Clemson, our Clemson Tigers, we're both Clemson fans, we live in South Carolina, playing Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech coming out without the triple option offense for the first time um, in quite a while. That's what you want to call an offense they ran. Yeah. It was more like an RPO without the P. Well, I mean, I get the new coach coming in after Paul Johnson, and trying to establish his offense. The problem is, it's like, hey, we're going to throw the ball now, but the only quarterbacks we have are running, so let's see what happens. Yeah, pretty much only quarterbacks are actually running backs. So. Yeah, every play was either read option or rollout. There was or absolute, an incomplete pass. Or an incomplete pass. There was no pocket presence whatsoever. I think that's the right step for Georgia Tech, though. I think they have some athletes, and I think they'll get there. And well, it's like when... A coach comes in during bowl season brand new and goes changing the whole offense for a bowl game, and then they just get crappy now, but they're going to get ready for next year. Yeah, they – I think Clemson – oh, that was weird. Um, so, talking about Clemson, they obviously were dominant. I don't think anyone expected them to show any sort of weakness against Georgia Tech whatsoever. Yeah, you just had the, the Twitter trolls saying Trevor Lawrence is going to be terrible this year. Yeah. Awful game, awful game. I mean, first of all, I think Trevor Lawrence statistically probably will have a little bit of a sophomore slump. I think that's to be expected. People are going to have 15 games. Well, look, you you're comparing his numbers to the year before, so he has to do better. Well, yeah, I think if he's going to get a full playing time, I think actually in that regard, I think he will do better. I think he will have more peaks of struggling because people will have 15 games of film on him now and have spent an entire offseason. I mean, has there been a player that's been more polarizing in college football than Trevor Lawrence in the offseason? It's all anyone's talking about. Should Trevor Lawrence be playing football? Is he a once-in-a-generational quarterback? Um, you know, that's all people talk about in the offseason with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think he looked good. I think he had a couple, you know, miscues here and there. I mean, you're playing a game. You, we, we can... Go back and forth it all day. We know for we knew for a fact Clemson's going to win. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah they, a team playing a brand new offense for the first time, it wasn't going to happen. They were not going to run the score up on Clemson's defense. And really, despite so I think Trevor was just kind of pushing it, seeing what he could. It's only playing double A or Madden. Like you're going to dick around a little bit. Yeah, I think that Trevor Lawrence being a obviously a tremendous passer, probably the best passer I've seen in college football in quite some time. Um, I think they are going to give him some ability to kind of play around with what he wants to do because they just have such a dominated run game. And he's intelligent. So. Yeah, they can lean on the run game with ETN and Lin J. Dixon. I mean, ETN looked nasty. I mean, He's, not, he's not, already on pace to break last year's touchdown record. Yeah. Um, have it on record that I did say he would go over his last year's touchdown record. Same. There's no evidence that says that I said he'd be under that. That is a false claim. Um, yeah, but but ETN looked nasty. Um, 
that 90-yard run where you shoved the offensive lineman into the defender was just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so Clemson, I think, is going to lean on that run all year long. And honestly, they play in the ACC after next week at A&M. They literally have zero worthy competition whatsoever for the rest of the season. I don't know, man. UNC's looking good. UNC's looking good. Okay, so we talked a little bit about Clemson. We can talk about North Carolina. Well, before we before we move on over, we're talking about the turnover stuff with uh, Florida and Miami. Georgia's turnover celebration. Georgia Tech's turnover celebration. You see that? See, and I blame Miami for this this entire craze. Oh, it's completely out of control. Of touchdown and, and turnover celebrations, but the turnover Instagram board. Yeah. Um, that was god awful. So here's the thing. I don't even hate the idea. Just don't do it on a whiteboard. Get every player with it printed out on some sort of higher quality visible material. Because I see that whiteboard and I have no idea what it, what it's talking about whatsoever. I have no idea what's going on. If you would have made a clear Instagram logo, this is my handle, that's one thing. But here's the other thing that's dumb. I can just look these players up. Like it's not there, like there's not a shot in hell looking up and hitting that follow button after that. No, one I'm not. I'm never following any players from Georgia Tech. That's not going to happen. But two, it's not like your Instagram profile is a treasure and I have to hunt it down. I can just look up your name. Yeah. It's not hard. You're not. Yeah, you're putting it on national TV. Your name's already on national TV. Now here's an idea. You can get rid of that. Um, here's a touchdown celebration idea. Hear me out. Um, Georgia Tech with that weird font they had on the back of their jerseys. How about you just don't get a name on the back of your jersey until you contribute something to the team? Touchdown, turnover, maybe like 15 pancake blocks, and the announcers can't say... That sucks if you're like a backup, though. Yeah, well, who cares, okay? You're a backup. (laughs) I'm talking about um, you don't even get your name on your jersey, and the announcers won't get a, a media guide of what your name is until you do something valuable for the team. It's like number 10, score a touchdown. Say what, you don't even get a chin strap until you score. Yeah, like let's... let's Earn your chin strap. This is how we're going to make college football great again. Make players earn their rewards. Listen, you start the leather helmet, the better. it's like a video game. You're going to level up. Remember when you played NCAA football and they couldn't have player names? You're QB number 10? We need to get back to that. Or you do the random generator and you're... Mark Sanchez. Yeah, like, we just guess your name. It's like when spring training in baseball happens and they call up the guy from Venezuela and he's playing third base and no one knows his name and he's wearing number 79 and it just says, number 79. That's what we need. So, let's talk about, you mentioned it, North Carolina, South Carolina. um, Not a big national game. The world is ending. I mean, at least in Columbia, at least in South Carolina, where we live, the world is on fire. Um, I think everyone wants this hurricane to hit us hard to cool down the impending blaze that is Columbia, South Carolina after or just the game. Rainbow Williams, Bryce, I don't think they would mind at all right now. I mean, people are selling season tickets. They went, they went crazy. Calling for Will Muschamp's head. They want Ray Tanner gone. Listen, I've I've lived in Columbia my entire life. Um, I've been around Gamecock World. I've seen them very good. I've seen them bad, which is most of the time. Um, and here, and here's the thing, Gamecock, Gamecock fans. Let me say this before I talk about the game. We are Clemson fans. We are going to do our best to keep this podcast down the line. We will make fun of Clemson when Clemson deserves to be made fun of, which won't be a lot. But when they do screw up and do dumb things, we will call them out for doing dumb things. When you guys have successes, which hopefully you guys will have some um, actual and figurative wins this year, um, 
we'll give you props for that. But after that game, here's the thing. I don't even have much to say about the game being that bad, but the impending reaction is really what's to be made fun of. Um, but let's talk about the game real quick. So Carolina comes out. Which they were in control the whole time. Yeah, and apparently, like, this is the Carolina thing now of, hey, we're in control for the first three quarters, and then in, in quarter four we just blow it. That used to be called Clemsoning, um, but I think it's now going to be called Carolina-ing. Cocking? I, cocking. Ooh, co- ooh. Yikes. <laughs> I don't think cocking is. I mean, we ki- walk around, people walk around with shirts saying cocks. I think we can say cocking. Kids, don't Google cocking. Um, safe search on, parents. Safe search on. Don't Google that word. Um, but, yeah, so let's talk about the game real quick. So, South Carolina's in control. Um, I almost said ETN. I almost screwed up. Uh, Tavian Feaster, former Should have got the ball more. Yeah, I think I think he had 16 carries. You guys have a that's you just got your first legitimate offensive player since Pharaoh Cooper, maybe like your yeah. first ac- actual weapon, like legit weapon, and you give the ball 16 times. I mean, the guy hasn't lost since the la- the previous national championship. So here's the thing: this is this for ruining that for him, guys. Well, well, here's the thing: it's not like he was a player that was on Clemson's roster. That never got that never got any action, and is finally getting his chance to he shine. This is a guy that legitimately contributed to a national championship football team, and they almost gave up on him. It, it's one of those things of like, and and let me say this: Clemson has been as guilty as anyone of doing this. Of let's make sure everyone gets the ball and spread the love around. I'm still not over. Oh man, what year was this? I think Will Proctor was quarterback. I can't remember who they were giving the ball. I think they kept feeding the ball to James Davis, the freshman, and Reggie Merriweather was tearing Carolina up. And they took him out the last drive. Yeah. And we did nothing, and Jadine missed the field goal. I'm a fan of feeding the hot hand. Um, and so if the hot hand is Feaster, let Feaster eat. Because um, it's not Jake Bentley. No. And, like, to... For the commentators, I believe, to say that Jake Bentley is the most polarizing quarterback, and I, ho- I don't think they mean best, in the SEC is a ridiculous statement. Um, you have Tua at Alabama. This is pretty much the end of that conversation. Um, but Jake Bentley is just not good. And he's not even close to being as good as your last few quarterbacks. Um, he's not as good as Dylan Thompson. Sorry, Dylan Thompson wasn't even that good. He's not as good as who was before Dylan Thompson. Connor, uh, Shaw. Connor Shaw. Yeah, Connor Shaw, obviously a huge step up. And it just shows, it really speaks to the recruiting because you have other options. They've let guys go to other schools um, and get away and, and put their chips in. Losing my train of thought. Um, Jake Bentley. Who, by the way, his father is a coach on the team. Good to see we still play by little league rules in college football. Um, but yeah, just really—I don't know—he just looked terrible. Is he scholarship? He yeah. <laughs> Parker, <laughs> Parker White's on scholarship now. That little oh, dork, that little man. dork kicker. Um, yeah, so I think the biggest thing I so like so. Not giving Feaster the ball enough. He should be having 30-plus carries a game. He's not a small back by any means. Bentley just looking terrible. And this is one thing I noticed as well. The corners on Carolina are soft. The one touchdown, and obviously the North Carolina quarterback threw this ball great. 
but the touchdown where the guy tipped it and then turned around and kind of yes. caught it a second time, you immediately elbow drop that guy as soon as he tips that ball once. That's free game. The other touchdown that was the jump ball, I mean, the cornerback just played the guy soft. Um, but really, it's like, if you're watching... That's just between playing ball and playing your man, too. Correct. If you're watching that game from an outside perspective and have watched Carolina the last few seasons, it's like, hey, that's probably to be expected. They haven't really been that good in a while. No big deal. Um, UNC hasn't been either. Well, not, I mean, not that miracle run. They, I mean, granted, they got beat. Well, I know there's a whole dramatic thing behind that, but whatever. That miracle run they had, they have not been anything outside of that. So... My entire timeline on multiple social media platforms is just Carolina fans losing their minds. Um, what did y'all expect? Like, what have you seen? And I don't watch Carolina in the offseason, so I'm not watching the the spring game. This is the thing. During the Steve, before the whole Steve Spurrier went downhill, Carolina saw the most success it's ever had. And they still couldn't. They still couldn't reach that SEC title. So we're but here's the thing. We're, it's like a bloodthirsty. But we're past that. We're past. No, that. they're still hanging on. They're still wearing clowny jerseys to games. I mean, yeah, but like, so let's just talk about the last two seasons. You haven't done anything in the Muschamp era to show that you're anything close to being a contender, either in the SEC East or the SEC or on a national that's, that's scale. The, that's why Spurrier's gate. He, he gave up. He knew he was never going to win a title no. there. He's like, I'm just done. This is my biggest problem. And Gamecock fans, if this is not you, I apologize. This is a lot of what I see. Let's say Bentley goes in and happens to throw one more touchdown. You guys win by what, a point? They lost by five, six? Let's just say Carolina throws another touchdown somehow in the game, and you guys win. Your The Gamecock season is now seen as on the upswing. They could play every other play the same. They score one more touchdown. Oh, everything's great. We're going to have a great season. We might be 8 you know, eight and 4 and win the SEC. No, the same game happened. And you lost, so it doesn't even matter playing the hypotheticals. I mean, I don't know where you guys expected that get, what, like out of that game. Well, I mean, they knew UNC is UNC. Mac Brown... Had a good enough game plan to pull it out in the fourth quarter. Well, I'll ask you because, like I said, you've played college football before and you've played sports your whole life. Like, you're going to go into some games that you know you're not going to win. Like, you played Florida, what, week one? The greatest Florida team ever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Cody played football at Charleston Southern University week one. New Carolina plays next week. Go Blue. They play Tim Tebow's Florida Gators. Aaron Hernandez, Percy Harvin. In his, yeah, in his senior year. And they get destroyed. You we know, beat the spread. You, you know you're not winning that game. But when you go into a game that you know you have a chance of winning and you just don't, what does that feel like? Oh, yeah. Like when when Charleston Southern played Liberty. I, it's just like, I don't know, man. I'll, so go, losing to Florida is not a big deal because, I mean, we're a small D1 AA school. So it's kind of, it's more of like a experience. It's an experience. So you, you go in there just to get the game experience. Some guys, you know, that hoping to play the next level, getting that film from those big games. Um, now these smaller games in conference, that's where it becomes more of a team thing. 
because that team's trying to win a conference. So when you lose those games in your conference that you're banking on that you can win, it's a little more heartfelt. But you're also, too, when you go into plays bigger schools, you're getting a paycheck. We got paid 450 k to get our ass kicked by Florida. So that paid for new facilities. But the way the, the campus is now, the athletic facilities have come so far, it's because of games like that. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to answer that question when you're talking about a smaller school, a smaller division. Playing but, like, when you're, th- when you're thinking about when you're playing a team like Liberty – or a team. Yeah, like it's still because you're you're a team trying to win a you're trying to get a ring, and you can only do that with those guys. So yeah. that's why th- those losses hit a little more. Yeah, and so th- at the end of the day, this loss doesn't affect Carolina because well, if, w- well, if you're one of those that think by some grace of God they're going to make national championship, all hopes are out the window now. Yeah, and if you're a game con- and they're out there. If you're a ga- yeah, they oh they are a hundred. I mean, I think I think it's every college football team. There's there's Miami fans that came into this season and say, hey, we probably have a shot at the national well, champion. They have a history, so it's a little more. It's not well, as senile. But there's a lot of teams not in the top twenty five that have that think they have a, ch- a chance of being in the national championship yeah. conversation. Georgia State's not thinking that. Yeah, Georgia State's not well, thinking they have that. More chance than Carolina right now. Correct, and so. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the scorched earth approach on social media by the fans after the game was one hilarious and warranted. Here's the thing, and this is what I was getting at earlier. Like, if y'all go out and like, obviously you're probably gonna beat Charleston Southern. If y'all lose to Charleston Southern, God help you. Oh, I'm running through the streets of Columbia. Yeah, but like, if you let's say you pick up some traction, if you go out and beat Tennessee, who's not that good, and it's like, oh. You know, maybe Muschamp's not that bad. You've got to commit to this mindset that you want change in your team. And you can't let mediocre wins, you know, oh, man. So. Sugarcoat, sugarcoat that for you. Carolina fans need to commit. Here's the thing, Carolina. If your entire season sucks and you are 3-9 and nine in the offseason and you're not going to see anything, you know, you can't fake growth and progress. Come into next season already angry that you want change and don't let immediate like if you came in next season and beat North Carolina again newsflash your team probably still sucks and you need a new coach they did the same thing with Connor Shaw who was a great I'm, he's great he was a great college quarterback he didn't make it in the NFL but that's a lot of them we can we can bleep his name out you should see Justin Taylor all the time on Facebook when they win Connor Shaw is the greatest quarterback ever when they would lose Replace and put Dylan Thompson in. It's deeper than that. It's you've deep. got you've, you've got, got to ride with somebody. Yeah, you've got to realize that that if you're a great team and you lose one, it doesn't mean you're not a great team anymore. And if you're a shitty team and you happen to squeak one out against a team, maybe you should beat, maybe you shouldn't beat, you're probably still a shitty team. Yeah. And that's the thing is, Carolina fans and the entire university athletic department get swayed on one or two wins and it's like guys you gotta commit to what direction you're going. Period. Um but hey, keep it coming, Gamecock fans. If you guys continue to have a rough season, I wanna see your crazy reactions on like, social media. People are selling season tickets. I saw this morning that prices for upper level drop ten bucks. They're only eight bucks a ticket now. I saw the president That's insane. The president of the New York City Gamecock Club got removed from his position for taking like a very public stance on the um, displeasure of the game. I mean And people calling for Ray Tanner's head, y'all are idiots. Carolina athletics have come so far. 
since he's been in there. I mean, you have a baseball coach as your athletic director, but that's another that's another question. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Gamecocks. I think we just spent a good, solid 15 minutes talking about them. But you guys are funny. They, hey, keep lighting up Twitter. We love it. Yeah, I love – I like – we're going to – and I'll put the, the number out here. If you're a Gamecock fan and you're hearing this and you think we're idiots for talking about um, your team or you are one of these fans that is really just um, unhappy, we want to hear from you. Okay, so we'll, t- we'll do this a little quick – Rapid fire on some of these remaining games that happened yesterday. Um, Alabama Duke. Um, I strong saw strong first quarter for I, Duke. Strong first quarter for that the linebacker. I can't remember his name, but he was insane for Duke all over the place. I saw the halftime score and I immediately started putting out wagers on my life, saying, "Hey, if Duke wins this game, <laughs> I will do something very extreme. I don't know what, but." Um, so I got to watch first half. The second half I missed, but I was kind of looking at updates here and there. And you I was didn't, like, well, mi- that you makes didn't sense. miss much because yeah, Alabama like, yeah, steamrolled. Um, and honestly, dude, Alabama's boring to watch with how good they are. So anytime they have a team come in and gets a look with and they it, play early games. They always play early games. They're always on CBS. Anytime a team comes in the touchdown, it's a Bama college students' livers because they have to start drinking in the morning every Saturday. I mean, that's people in Alabama in general. Um, yeah, so... Pretty much it for Duke-Alabama. Yeah, Duke-Alabama blowout, if you look at the entire game. Um, maybe Duke can make a run in the Coastal this year for the ACC. Yeah, we'll see. Um, that division's wide open. Our only other ranked team right now is Syracuse, so we could pretty much only go up from there. Yeah, Duke, um, could win the Coastal, and they still have to play Clemson in the ACC Championship. Who, that's... They're the caliber, so... Yeah. Um, Florida State lost to Boise State. I only saw updates on this one, but then I also saw Twitter, and I saw, like, highlights, and I was like, holy crap. I mean, Florida State's not good, obviously. Um, they weren't good with Francois. They're not good now. Willie Taggart doesn't have any sort of identity at that He's program. He's supposed to be an offensive-minded coach. You know who's a genius? Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher saw the sinking uh, ship of Florida State and was like, the sinking shit. I'm sunk. out. I mean, I don't blame the guy. He he took the money and ran legitimately to Texas A&M. But yeah, they're not good. Watching them lose a non don't get me started on Jimbo. is yeah. is Boise State, Mac, or Conference USA, Mountain West, Mountain like West. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're yeah, not they're not five. they're not going to win a national championship this year. And Florida State just lost to them in and really with an shoot- eighteen point lead. Yeah, with a shootout of a game. The greatest thing is the screenshot of that fumble near the end zone where there's like four Florida State players around it and there's no Boise State players in And the somehow picture. Boise recovers the fumble. Yes. Yeah, that is that's that's the picture of that of game. A um, couple other just real quick notes. Had a bunch of just bad upsets. Tennessee losing to Georgia State. Ooh. That's yeah. Man. Buddy. I Tennessee has just done themselves in the last couple of years. I don't think it's well, gonna in the past eleven years they've had what four or five coaches. I think they're it's gonna take a long time for them to what? come out of that. Hey, champions of life. Champions of life. But they're I, still getting like four star and occasional five star player, aren't they? But there's like no talent. Well, I think just because of the history of that university, they're always gonna get guys like that. But yeah, um, there's no coaching there. Just other quick college football topics. We didn't talk about this during the Carolina. Um, UNC game discussion, but what is Mac Brown smoking? 
Does he know something we don't about college football? I mean, obviously, Mac Brown knows more about college football than we do by a long shot. But with 10 seconds left to go in the Carolina game. Holy crap, the knee? Yeah, he, so North Carolina has possession of the ball on the 50-yard line, which in college football, you can score from the 50-yard line. You know, you can score from from your own 35. You can drop, you know, it happens in college football. It doesn't happen that much in the NFL on one play, but um, Mac Brown decides to knee the ball down with a change of possession stopping the clock and give South Carolina the ball back with 10 seconds. And you still screwed it up. And obviously South Carolina still screwed up that. Why don't you just punt? I, How much do you hate your punter and your kick coverage team to take a knee right there? Literally kick it like fifteen yard, fifteen yards to the middle. Put him in out of bounds. If you get if if you kick, kick out of bounds. if you kick it inside the twenty five, there. I mean, I don't. That was a bonehead decision, like. But I obviously go for a seventy yard field goal just to milk the clock. I want to. I want to say that Mac Brown's Jesus. playing the playing the mental game, and he just that was his plan the whole time. Well, it, was in Bentley's head. He's playing 4D chess. Someone on Reddit said he's playing 4D chess, and we're playing checkers. Um, another well, real champ needs to go back to like snorting cocaine and punching kittens as a pregame routine. Okay, we're gonna cut that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that was really funny about yesterday, and this is a game that had no um, matter on the national level whatsoever, was Virginia Liberty. Um, I don't even know. I know. I know Liberty uh, lost uh, to Virginia, but um, Hugh Freeze, the head coach of Liberty, former disgraced Ole Miss head coach. I have no sympathy for this guy. I I hate Hugh Freeze. Um, he is milking these people. Yeah. Well, so is someone else in our country is milking Liberty, but that's another question. <laughs> um, he coached the entire game from his hospital bed. He's dealing with a. A spinal issue or a back injury. He, he had surgery on his back, and then he had a staph infection. He had, they had to go back in, so he's only comfortable in a certain position. But they propped him up in a way like you would prop up a dead person at a wake, so that he could be seen by everyone. He's in a hospital bed, and he's you know laying down on his back, and he's in, in front of a giant press box window, and it's just creepy looking. So I read more of this. Like he stays in a hotel room by campus during practice. So he gets like a live feed of practice, and he has a way to communicate with the coaches during practice. So he's not even there either. But he's still seeing and hearing and speaking with everybody. That's creepy. <laughs> like, but honestly, like, if we can, this is actually some business entrepreneur needs to look at this because we could have people coaching deep into their 90s. If we can get Spurrier coaching from I was about to say Spurrier. Like, Spurrier could be 90 years old in his hospital bed and be coaching the Florida Gators to their 17th national championship. Playing virtual reality golf. Yeah, and and chugging natural lights on his deathbed from a... I mean, I'm a fan. But, real talk, not the joke. That was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Um, Hey, shout out to Hugh Freeze for getting his name uh, in college football discussions yesterday. Um, He's kind of a forgotten thought since... um, did he get fired from Ole Miss, or he left? So home? they like found records of him soliciting to. Uh, I think he just said, "Yeah, I'm screwed and left." Or they found out after. I don't know. He resigned. Yeah, not a good guy, Hugh Freeze. If they let Hugh Freeze coach at Liberty, they're gonna let Bobby Petrino coach at BYU one day. <laughs> um, Bobby Petrino's gonna be soaking in some administrators. Yep. 
Um, so next week, not a crazy schedule. You have Clemson, Texas A&M. That'll be a big test for both teams. Even if Texas A&M loses to um, Clemson, that's still, if they can compete, they're going to be definitely a, a factor in the SEC uh, West conversation. I can't wait to be Jimbo again. Yeah, I, I don't like Jimbo Fisher either. Um, I don't like a lot of college coaches. Is there is there a lot of college coaches that you really want to be friends with? I mean, Dabo Sweeney, um, Brian Brom. I just want to like do pre workout with Brian Brom and Scott and, Frost. Uh, cool. Uh, Scott Frost, um, Chris Peterson from Washington, the former Boise State oh. head coach. Uh, oh, Coach O. Yeah. Oh. Hold yeah. Hold that. Hold that dagger. Like those are like the five guys you want to be friends with. All other college coaches pretty much suck. Um, no. 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 Who? Who? Who are you thinking of? We're leaving it a legend here. Is currently coaching? He's a he's a wonder of the world. Les Miles? Mike Leach. Oh, Mike Leach. Oh, and and uh I can watch Mike Leach talk for talk for hours. Mike Leach and Mike Gundy. <laughs> like, I I need all these coaches to stop coaching and start like a them in an old folks home together television show. Like the hard knocks of the retirement home of yes. former college coaches. Yeah, that's all we got for college football. Yeah. We're going to talk about NFL. This We will probably focus maybe 75, let's say 60% of this podcast on college football and 40 on the NFL, maybe 75, 25. We know the NFL and our parts are not as popular. Um, I love the NFL. I love the NFL more for the drama and the off-the-field stuff some days than the on-the-field yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, and then the postseason. Yeah, the the postseason is awesome, winner takes all, but this offseason has been full with some fun storylines. Um, let's talk about them. Um, so I think the biggest storyline of the offseason is Andrew Luck. Um, came out and said, hey, I'm done. I'm not re- even that. We're just sitting there. You know, you're watching the Florida-Miami game. You might be watching preseason instead if college football is not your thing. And then all of a sudden the ticker comes up on the bottom. Andrew Luck announced he's retiring while the guy's standing on the sideline in the stadium. Yeah, I don't. I, I you need it. Your agent or your PR guy or the Colts PR guy has to step in. Somebody's a snitch. That's true as well. Someone definitely let that leak. Um, Adam Schefter's just doing his job, but come on, Adam. I mean, you can't let that sit. If someone sends that to you and it's yeah. confirmed, you can't let that sit. I'm not mad at. He's, he's just doing his job. He's just doing his job. Um, but Andrew Luck's in the stadium during the preseason game. The Colts fans find out over a text message and proceed to boo the shit out of him. Yeah, the guy that like, they keep showing the clip of, like, taking his jersey off standing there, I just want to punch that guy in the face. Yeah. And, like, here's the thing. The Colts have been good. They went to, what, two Super Bowls? 1-1? One, one. Like, you have a franchise to be proud of. Um, maybe not an owner, but definitely a franchise. Um, you have one of the best stadiums in the NFL. You, you, know, you have a GM that's actually building a good team now. Yeah, and you proceed to boo a person that will probably be in your ring of honor. Yeah. Um, I don't love how it was handled, but I respect his decision. I think you're going to see players do this a lot more. You're going to see a lot more Andrew Lux and Gronks and guys that retire early that contributed a lot and come out of the league before they're 30 for one reason or another. Yeah, I mean, people are more open 
to these athletes kind of being more personable now so they're able to do that with less scrutiny than in the past. Well, I think also that one players are getting players are getting paid more than they've been getting paid ever before. Speaking of shout out Andrew Luck still getting all that money. Yeah, Colt's <laughs> still paying Andrew Luck his money. Um they I think now with players you're getting more ways to make money now with social media and sponsorships, yeah. having multiple sponsorships, and companies want literally anybody. If you're a starter on an NFL team, you could be an offensive lineman, and you could be getting sponsorships. Um, I think the ways players can get money now and pad their bank accounts in the first, let's say, five, six, seven years of their careers, they can walk away from the game. And I don't think with people trying to build brands now, and you know, I think that has become more of a thing and an accomplishment than winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and people don't understand, like, how getting paid in the NFL works. These guys get paid by game. Yeah. It's not like a weekly, bi-weekly paycheck. You you look at Antonio Brown, for example, who I hate. Like, the guy's a joke. But I don't, I don't you know, totally throw off his mindset of being like, hey, you know, I'm creating a, a personality and a brand that if I don't end up ever winning a Super Bowl, this will carry me for forever, you know. So I don't hate that mindset necessarily because that's, you know, that can last you for years. Look at Brian Bosworth, a guy that was a monster in college, came to the NFL, didn't perform, wasn't lo- what very well liked, wasn't very well liked as from a player standpoint, but from a fan perspective, one of yeah. the most polarizing pe- people of all time. He's still in. He was in a commercial. He's in a Dr Pepper commercial. Same with Bo Jackson, and who ran over Brian Bosworth in, in the he's NFL. He's got his whole Bo nose. Yeah, I mean, oh, there, brand. there's there's something around guys now that they can build a brand. Let's well, know what it is. Their name becomes their brand. Through yeah, this. like Gronkowski. Yeah. You hear Gronk, you know who that is. I don't think Andrew Luck's concerned about yeah, that. You hear Gronk, you think Monster Energy. Yeah, I think Andrew Luck is just done. I don't think he wants to be. It happens. People get burnt out. When I was in college, I had a teammate that he was just, he'd still call everything, but you could just tell. He's, and he said, he's like, I'm just done. I don't think Andrew Luck will be in the public spotlight. I think he'll go away and pop in here and there. Um, I don't think he has the personality that desires to do that. Um, I, and, and maybe if the dollar signs are right, I don't think Peyton Manning's natural to that guy either. But the dollar signs were always right for him, and so he kind of, and then he became that guy. So we'll see what the future holds for Andrew Luck. Yeah, leave um, him alone. He's leaked. Nice guy. Yeah, super nice. Like he yeah. thinks he tells guys good hit when they sack the crap out of him. Super nice guy. Um, yeah, another big offseason story: Antonio Brown, who we just mentioned. Oh, buddy, Antonio Brown. Um, that bleach mustache. Yeah. So leaves the Steelers after a contentious. Contentious, cantankerous, cantankerous, cancerous, cancer. Ooh, yes, um, cancerous time when last season joins the Raiders and very quickly finds himself in drama. He basically has this type of helmet that he's worn his entire career, which I don't think that's true. That he's worn the entire helmet, like the same exact helmet for high school, college, and pro. Maybe I'm wrong, but that seems like to be impossible. But he's worn this. He's worn this helmet. 
He wants to wear this helmet, except the NFL has said, hey, this helmet's literally going to kill you one day. Um, maybe not in those exact words. But shout out to NFL for being proactive for once. Yeah, so the NFL, who's got a lawsuit list of suits of people, former players suing the league for how they've handled concussions and CTE and head injuries. So the NFL is trying to put a stance down, and yet there's still players saying, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't care about head injuries. Um, I don't think they've yet to come to a resolution yet. I think he failed his two appeals. Yeah, he's not. He has to find a new helmet. Yeah. So, so if you watch it, Hard Knocks, the last episode, he had a new helmet on, and he was, like, trying to be nonchalant. He's like, yeah, it's all right. He, like, complained about, like, a little spot rubbing his head, and, like, that was the biggest issue, and he didn't want it. Does he want to play football? I don't know. I don't think he wants to play football. I think he's looking for an out. Um, he had that interview. He was like, I love football, but I don't need football. Like, hey, dude, like football doesn't need you either. Like, get lost. Yeah, the next Antonio Brown is going to be right around the corner. Yeah. Let's be real. I mean, he's a great player. He's not generational once in a lifetime. I mean, there will be another. No, there's so many receivers out there, man. Yeah. Um, but, hey, do you, Antonio Brown? Um, those are really the big two in the offseason. A lot of trades. A lot of trades like today and yesterday. Um, I don't get why teams do their entire preseason and get their schemes down and one week out of the of the um, first game of the season just add new players, but that's just how it works. I was like, Clowney's pretty much released right now. Yeah. Um, they can't even, like the Seahawks can't, like they want to franchise him too, but they can't franchise until next year. So it's basically like, they're trying to they're trying to hold them to him for a season and see what happens. Yeah, and I think that just continues to be how the NFL becomes like the NBA. Um, you know, one year deals, um, players having more control over their contracts than the owners do, players demanding you know um, contract renegotiations or trade demands. You look at Ezekiel Elliott right now, who is still holding out as of right now. Where is there a training facility in Cabo? Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott still holding out. Um, Jerry Jones bashes him in the media. I mean, the Cowboys... Didn't they just cut, like, a running back? The Cowboys are the Gamecocks of the NFL, except the Cowboys have actually done something in their history. Um, They actually have a trophy case. Yeah, they... But that's been 30 years now. Oh, they're still no. They dust that thing every day. Yeah, they have a quarterback that wants to be paid too much. They want a running back that wants a new deal. Um, they don't really have any weapons other than um, what's his name from the Raiders? Uh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. He's keeping his mouth shut and just playing. I and he got his money. I like Amari Cooper. Um, so we'll see with them and the Eagles this year who. We'll, we'll take over the NFC East. The Redskins are not good. Giants are terrible. Giants are... <laughs> Giants are bad. Eli, um, man. Come on, buddy. Dude. Let it go. Let Daniel Jones have that team. I hope Daniel Jones is like the next Tom Brady. Will that happen? Probably not. Um, He's got to take over the season at some point. I think that's to be... Well, I don't know. They really... They love Eli. I mean, he's got a lifetime deal, essentially. Um... But really, the NFL is wide open this season. Um, you've got the Chiefs, who are kind of the favorite of the entire league because they have so many weapons. They just picked up Shady McCoy, who got dropped by the Bills. 
I mean, they're still going to be like a third string back. Yeah, they're they're stacked in that regard. Um, you have the Patriots who are always hanging around and will always, you know, oh. go two and two the first four oh, games. Yeah, the, well, Kansas City got Tyreek Hill back, so he's still swinging. I mean, pun intended. Jesus. Um, the NFL is wide open. I'm excited to see what happens. And I was I was excited for the Chargers this year, but now Melvin Gordon's probably jumping ship. He's shopping around. He finally got the team finally agreed to let him sign. The Chargers are a low key sad story of the NFL in the last 15 years. They're going to go down with the Utah Jazz as being one of the most talented teams in NFL history to never do anything. Um, Philip Rivers is the best quarterback to throw a game away. Philip Rivers is the best quarterback to never go to a Super Bowl. He probably hates Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Peyton Manning for taking away his Super Bowl chances by playing in the AFC. I mean, look at the players that were on the Chargers and went away. The man will throw for 500 yards and like three interceptions. Guy's got nine kids. Um, I feel bad for the Chargers, and they just got they rid just of. Got one of the way, doesn't he? They just got rid of Cardell Jones. I thought that was a strange move. Um, they had they picked up Geno Smith last year. Well, they so. have Tyrod Taylor now as their backup. So anyway, they drafted somebody too. I this think. is not a Chargers podcast. So even though Cody was born in San Diego, um, even though they're now in LA, I think I think it's the Chiefs' year. I think the Chiefs will put it together. I think Andy Reid will finally put it together. Um, I think they're going to be hard to beat. I think they've they've stacked their team up well. And I think the Patriots will probably contend, but I think they'll get beat. Um, I don't think Tom they, Brady, 42 years old, and he's still an MVP running. Yeah, I think Mahomes will win, the, will win the MVP pretty much hands down. I think all these running backs that have won a new contracts and aren't playing, I think it's going to hurt them. Um, I think unless he just gets injured, I think he's a shoe-in for MVP for a second year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be hard to. I mean, like, like unless somebody just pops up, it's gonna be hard to say. I mean, Drew Brees, yeah, he's up there. He lost in the last couple games of the season. Um, anything else? Georgia Tech? Nope, wrong. Uh, cut that. Um, Clemson, Texas A and M this week. We get any other big college games? So week two of college football. Uh. Number 12, Texas A&M versus number one, Clemson at Clemson. It's a 3-30 game. Oh, game days. Uh, Texas and uh, who are they playing? Ooh, Texas LSU. Yeah. Ooh, hold that tight. Shout out to LSU. They were not going to be a victim of the uh, SEC blunders yesterday. Yes. They blew yeah. it out. I am excited for that game. That oh, be, yeah, really only two decent games next uh Next week, I don't see teams getting competitive until week four. Um, we have a lot of a lot of big games week four. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Wait, that was the first episode of the Hut One Type Two podcast. Um, hey, we will get things cleaned up. We're going to get some new equipment over time. Um, our live streams will get better. This podcast will get better. We're going to have different people. Cody will, will rotate in and out with some of the other guys. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Stay perfect. Yep. And so I crashed on top with a blind bed to get it all up. What's in my head? And I-